Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever found yourself super de duper irritated behind the progress of a thing that it was enough to just say, you know what, I quit, I'm over it? Like lately, if I can be honest with you, I have been feeling frustrated on the process of a certain business venture. And a few moments ago, and this is how a lot of my conversations start off with you because I'm like, ooh, just got a nugget, got to call you and share. So a few moments ago, I was having a candid conversation with God, and I'm just like, you know, if you can just help me to have an experience where I'm not looking for the financial gain per se, I'm not even looking for the opportunity to have, you know, all of what the blessing is right now at this point, but I just want to be exercising what it is that I know that I'm called to do on a daily basis. And when I was saying it, it felt like, oh, you know what? That's a pretty fair question to ask God or, you know, a pretty fair request. Just, hey, not looking for the glitz and glam, not even looking for the fame, sir. I'm just looking for the practicing of what I know I'm called to do on a daily basis. And God just dropped this nugget in me and his response was faithful in transition. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? And so, you know, I'm always looking up stuff about people who have made it on their journey. I love, love, love to see how people start with their, you know, what their process was. I'm just very intrigued on the process because we don't see the process per se. We see the end result. And I think that is such a disadvantage to the people who are starting, are having a new beginning. I think that it's so unfair to feel like, oh, I want to do what Tyler Perry did, but you don't know what Tyler Perry had to go to. You understand? Like, that's just an example. So when he said, faithful in transition I was like okay so can you break it down a little further for me and what was brought to my remembrance was T.D. Jake says something that was absolutely flooring to me he said that when he was in his church he served under his pastor for seven years never had preached all those seven years he's never preached before and he had to sit and serve his pastor knowing that in the position that he was in, that he knew he can preach. And my mind, blown, right? Because I'm like, you mean T.D. Jakes, Mr. Get Ready, Get Ready, Get Ready. Mr. Get Ready himself knew that he could preach, knew that he had the anointing on him, and had to sit in a position. He wasn't exercising what his calling was. He didn't, it wasn't like he was just, in, you know, in charge of the small Sunday group. So he wasn't exercising it. He didn't have the benefit of seeing it grow and all the things that I was asking God for. But he sat in that position faithfully for seven years. Wow. So then I just was thinking about that. And I'm like, man, I think at some point I probably would have tried to have a small group, something at my house. Like I the way that I am wired, I need to see that it's working. I need to see that it's growing just because I like to have a humble assessment of where I'm at, where I want to go, just that kind of thing. And so to sit in a position that does not allow that would have been the equivalent to earth torture for me. And, you know, I'm not speaking for myself at this point. So then God went even further. He was like, think about David. 
Samuel anointed David in the Bible, anointed David to be king. As soon as he finished being anointed, he went back out to go be the shepherd over his sheep, right? So David has this king anointing on him, but yet went back out to serve being a sheep. Now that's just not the part that's like, oh, wow. What got me was no one gave him instructions on what his next steps were on being a king. No, nor does the Bible show that David went back and asked, hey, quick question real quick. Um, when y'all want me to start doing this? Like what, what time is orientation? And that was mind blowing for me because again, how the way that I am wired, I'm going to need some information. Now, not enough to smuggle out, you know, using my faith and believing God. Like I leave room for that. But I am so, if you just want to say type A, but I am more of a person that I like to make sure I'm doing my part. So you're not going to just come to my father's house, anoint me to be queen, and then just leave. Sir, can I get a brochure? I mean, can you leave? What's your Instagram handle? Like, you're going to have to give me something. And I find that as I'm journeying certain areas of my life that have yet been traveled, I'm noticing I don't like a whole bunch of gray area. Not only in, you know, the, it's not only a spiritual thing for me. It's like, that's my personality. I am very it's either black, it's either white, gray, it's a, I don't have it. I'm either yes or it's no. I am no or. There is no maybe. As a matter of fact, just put yes and no on a paper. Leave out the or because there is no middle. There's no in between for me. It is or it's not. It's sunny or it's dark. Like, you understand? Like, I don't have a whole bunch of. So I think what God is trying to teach me in this season is just need you to be faithful during the transition. And I have to tell you, one of my biggest, and I won't say fears, but one of my biggest discomforts in the whole entire world is dentistry, right? Anything dentist, the way the dentist smells, making the appointment, it's just like the big gulp for me. I would rather have 19 teeth pulled than to try to learn the gray area. And I'm just being real. Like that's the equivalent to how I'm feeling right now. And so I'm thinking, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm experiencing this in the business realm, the entrepreneur lane, but like, I know that other people are experiencing it. You know how frustrating it is to remain single and you know that you would be a dynamic wife, a dynamic mother, a dynamic husband, a dynamic father, but you got to sit and transition until the Lord brings her. And you know, and I don't mean to make that kind of voice, but that's what it sounds like. You don't want to keep hearing, just wait, the right one will come. You know, God is bringing him. It is frustrating. Listen, I could cook. I look good. I dress. I brush my teeth at least twice a week. You know, because the way this generation is going, I don't know if y'all even hitting your monthly quota. You see what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm dope. And then, oh, don't let the enemy play you. You'll start to see people who, let's just be honest, because we're all friends here. It's a judgment-free phone call. You'll start to see someone that you're looking at like, and you married? How? How, Sway? How? Yeah, I'm going to need the answers. And I just think that, I mean, we can actually torment ourselves in the wait, right? You know 
that you a bomb mechanic, that you a bomb hairstylist. But no, in order for you to operate in what you're naturally talented in, you have to have all these credentials. So now you got to go through this particular program to get your certificate, to get this degree, diploma, what have you. You got to wait and go through the, the process just to be able to show I can do what I know I'm called to do. Do you know how frustrating that is? My goodness. I mean, and I was just thinking about that on another level. Can you imagine being an employee and in an entry level, you know, position, knowing I could very well take over this entire company and make it great, flip the money. Like you have all these big dreams, but you you in the orientation stage where you still filling out um medical forms and 401k information. That's frustrating. And what kept echoing in my spirit, it was almost like you got mail like literally in my he was like listen I need you faithful in the transitional phase and I'm just like I'm gonna be honest because I'm not gonna pick up the phone and call you just to be phony and thus saith the Lord no we're gonna be honest this thing is painful this thing is frustrating I think it's even the more frustrating because of the generation that we live in Think of anything that you can right now that you understand and have accepted it's a process. Bruh, go to some type of grocery store, any kind of store, and let the line be too long. Some of us are e equipped to be like, you know what, I don't need this item that bad. And you're going back home. <laughs> you will actually, it's like, uh, I could just put the t-shirt inside out. I'm not interested in buying, it's not that serious to me. I, I'll, I'll just go to sleep early. I'm not that hungry tonight. But if you really, really think about it, like we have not really been exercising the weight muscle because we don't have to. Bro, you can go ahead and get a flu shot in a drive-thru. You can go pick up your clean, in some establishments, you can pick up your cleaning your, from the cleaners in a drive-thru. Oh my, you can go drop your laundry off and put your name them. Okay, I'll be right back and let them go ahead and do it. Like life is low key allowing us to just not know how to wait, to not appreciate the transitional phase. I couldn't imagine being Beyonce, knowing that I can hit certain notes on my own. I don't need y'all. And to have gone through different transitional in the group. And you're like, bruh, I can sing this entire album by myself. She was in that, um, the group girl time, right? Because that's when we saw her on the, um, what is that? That star search situation, right? Okay, boom. Then you got the Destiny's Child with the original, you know, the two other girls, the Lactivia and Michelle and Latavia, all that. Okay, great. And then you had to do it again. So now you had the other girl with the light eyes and okay, great. So we on number three so far. Then it was like, okay, let's just transition. And then now it's just the three of them. So it's Beyonce, Michelle, Kelly, right? So, and now we on four. Then it was like, sir, can I, all right, can I just try this by myself? That transitional phase, I'm sure, was torment. It probably felt good to be the lead singer of the group, but I'm sure it was torment knowing I can out-sing all of y'all. I can actually, I actually want to sing some things by myself because when I hear the song, I only hear me. And low-key, she probably felt selfish, like, 
I, I want to bring y'all with me, but I kind of want to do this by myself. Just a little bit. Like, so what actually in your life right now that you can honestly admit, man, I'm in a transitional phase and it is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I am frustrated. I find myself asking, you know, why more than being cheerful and just saying, okay, I'm waiting for my situation. But you know what I was, what, what I kind of pulled from this the fact that let's go back to David yes he was anointed yes he had to go back as a anointed king to then continue being a shepherd but you know what I really saw from that what I was able to pull from it he was faithful until the opportunity presented itself to transition over to his calling you see that he literally as I told you before he was on his way only to go ahead and send food to his brothers that were in war. So knowing, now catch that, his father saw that Samuel anointed him as king. Samuel went to his father's house. <laughs> Samuel had to ask his father after the seventh son, hey, do you have any more kids? His father was like, yeah, I got a son, David, but he's back there with the sheep. He was like, oh, okay, well, call him in. So his father wasn't unclear that David was anointed to be king. But even his father saw, you are only worthy in this particular phase, at this particular time, to go be a food delivery boy. So get your, um, get your Uber Eats, okay? Um, go ahead and get your, you got your little snack pack, okay, cool. And go ahead and um, keep traveling until you see your brothers and give them the food. Now, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. We probably would have had some words. Because what you're not going to keep doing <laughs> is disrespecting the fact that I was anointed king, dad. Like, real talk, that's not what you're getting ready to do. You're not going to keep overlooking the fact that I'm a good woman. Okay? And I'm not going to just keep being your girlfriend. We're not. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to keep getting bypassed by the promotion. Okay? Knowing that my numbers are stellar to everyone that is on this promotional platform right now. Okay? We're not going to keep acting like my grades aren't essential enough that I could be a tutor right now to anyone else in this class. We're not going to keep pretending. But it takes a certain level of humbleness. Oh my goodness. For David to be able to be like, you know what? Okay, where's the Uber Eats bag? Cool, I'm going to go ahead. So you didn't complain? You didn't feel the need to itch that scratch of reminding him? Remember when Samuel was here? Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> because as far as I'm concerned, why are you not bringing the food? Those are your kids. Dad, hello, good morning. Yeah, your kids. So why am I bringing them to? You the one that made the snack, Susie, um, snack maker, Okay. You should be the one going ahead and deliver this. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to be so disrespectful. I'm probably going to eat some along the way. And listen, judge me if you want, but I'm just getting into the reality of it. You see what I'm saying? And so to know, he didn't have to remind him. He didn't have to suck his teeth and be like, oh, every time I look around, somebody's pulling me away. It, it was just like, cool. <laughs> and he went on his merry way to go ahead and deliver the food. But when the opportunity presented itself to come out of that transitional phase, oh, David didn't skip a beat. Oh, no, he did not. As a matter of fact, 
they were trying to out talk him, his brothers and, um, you know, Saul, because he was over the army at that time. They were trying to out talk him when he was like, listen, I'm getting ready to beat up Goliath. Y'all want something? I'll be right back. They were like, uh, the first thing that he had to overcome was that they tried to remind him of his current place. It was like, um, but where's your little sheep? Oh, now y'all want to disrespect him in front of everybody, call his little sheep? That's, that's like the modern day, oh, who's your little friend? Excuse me. What you're not going to do is disrespect, <laughs> not, not in front of everybody. Like, I'm cool with you disrespecting me when we at home, but we in public. What you doing? Where's your little sheep? Who's your little friend? Oh, that's cute. This is your little job. That's your little car. You know, when somebody puts little in front of something, it is the purest form of disrespect. It's the most authentic BC form of disrespect. But anyway, let's digress because I didn't even catch that shade until I just realized. I said, wait a minute. He really did tell him, where's your little sheep? But moving forward. So he had to go through his brothers taunting him in that way to remind him, this is your current state. And guess what? He never responded back. I'm going to go ahead. Let me raise my hand. Pick me. Mm -hmm. My left hand is in the air. Pick me. Yeah. Let him have said to me, um, where's your little sheep? Probably back with my big anointing. <laughs> Got him. You oh, you want to come for? Then let's do it. You want to battle with, with the verbiage? Like, I go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the biggest of them. Like, how you want to do it? But, you know, in the humble, it's just like, I'm going to go ahead and get that done. So it was like, so he had to overcome the disrespect from his brothers, the fact that everyone was seeing him in his current form. But you haven't trained, but he's bigger. But he's So he had to go through that to the point that finally somebody went back to Saul and was like, yo, David is trying to fight Goliath. He was like, oh, bring the young boy to me. Oh, now he young? But listen, what we're all missing here, sirs, ma'ams, is that the entire time Goliath was able to come out and taunt the army that they did not move. They were super afraid of Goliath. So now that someone comes and they're brave enough to seize the opportunity, you're trying to talk them out of it? Why? Somebody's got to do it. And that's because they didn't believe in David. You know, and not, not even no shade. Like, I can understand if they're afraid. And they are in the army. You know, they've been, they're skilled. You coming up here with a lunch bag is not the equivalent to you having more skills than us. So they probably was looking at him low-key like, look, I'm not about to tell dad you came up here and got killed while you were trying to deliver our turkey and cheese sandwiches. I'm not finna do it. You finna do it? Nope, I ain't finna do it. And so that, that probably was the conversation like, look, just go back home with your sheep, sir. You do a good job over there. Just keep going over there. We're going to stay here and still be scared. Okay, great. Okay, so peace. I'll see you later. So he had to overcome people not believing in him. People not, the same people who didn't believe in him knew that he was anointed to be king. The same people who saw Samuel anoint them, they weren't oblivious to it. Because the Bible says that Samuel pulled out all the brothers and thought that each one, like, oh, he may be it. God was like, nope. He was like, what about him? Mm-mm, keep going. And so Jesse had eight kids, eight sons. So by the seventh one, he was like, God, I'm, <laughs> I'm fresh out. I don't even, I don't know. So they were present when they saw that he was anointed. So they knew that he had an anointing on him. But 
how soon we forget and just remember people in their current stance, right? And so what I admire about David is that he was humble during the transition. He was faithful during the transition. And when the opportunity came to come out of transition, he didn't delay not one beat. Because everything that those people were saying, if I were David, I would have been saying it to myself. Man, I just came up here to give my brother some food. Listen, my brothers are the one that's skilled. You know, I was anointed to be king. I wasn't anointed to be fighting no folk. Like, that's not, Samuel said king. I need to be in somebody's palace. I don't need to be killing folk. Mm-mm. I'm not, he didn't say army. He said king. Are we getting the, the, the phrases kind of mixed up a little bit? Hmm? And I would have talked myself out of it. And it's just, just me being, you know, unveiled. Like I'm being real. Because the two wouldn't have aligned to me. I'm not finna fight no nine foot nothing. I've never even seen no nine foot nothing. And all my sheep are yay high. And so I probably would have counted myself out trying to size the opportunity and going, oh, no, it's not a good fit. Like the brothers wouldn't have, they, I would have been there first. They wouldn't have did it for me. I would have did it for myself. But how brave of him to see an opportunity that nobody else is ceasing and say, hmm, without skipping a beat, I'm on it. Yep, you can count on me. I'm getting ready to go ahead. And as a matter of fact, while old buddy's still talking, sir, what I'm getting ready to do to you, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and cut your head off. I'm going to give it to you. Like, with your sword. Like, he was talking big smack. Like, David, what did you learn to become so brave? Like, what? I mean, were you and your brothers going pound for pound, round for round, where you knew how to slick talk? Because you was, you was surely using it. I mean, you didn't need none of that when you was a shepherd. You're not talking foul to no sheep. Like, oh, because we could, we could do whatever. Like, y'all not having that conversation back out in the backyard, right? And so what opportunities do you need to seize? What opportunities are coming up, but you're sizing yourself up and you're like, ah, this doesn't really align to what I think I'm supposed to be doing or I can't see how I would benefit in this situation. Like, can you start having a David mindset where, A, you're so faithful during the transitional phase that it doesn't even bother you that you're not exercising it right now this minute. That you can be a T.D. Jakes filled with the get ready spirit and know I can preach this roof off if I wanted to, but it's not time yet. Can you get that deep down in your soul? Like seriously, because I think it's torment to feel like when God, when God send help and then you know what life does, you know how the enemy tries to go ahead and torment, you'll start seeing people making it in the area you're trying to pursue. You'll start seeing people get accomplishments in the very place that you're like, I just want to be acknowledged. You'll start seeing people get the very thing that you're waiting on God for. Do you know how much of a, um, a peace you have to have to be able to see people maneuvering faster than your own prayer? I mean, can you really just dig down and say, mm, 
<laughs> I need to be as humble as knowing that I'm anointed to be king. But if it, but if an opportunity presents for me to go to deliver some food, then I'm going to do it. It's not beneath me. I'm going to go ahead as T.D. Jakes and serve this pastor knowing that I could probably preach circles around him. But it, it is my humble, my humble, and it is my honor to serve in this transitional phase. Wow. So I challenge you to look at any area in your life where you're like, <laughs> I need an opportunity to work out this thing. I just need to meet the right people. I just need the right resources. I need the right, I need the right. And just get into your soul. I just need to serve in my space until another opportunity presents itself. Have your eyes wide open to any opportunity. Even if it doesn't look like an opportunity to you, pray and ask God, can you open my eyes so that I see opportunities where my natural eyes will skip over it? I challenge you to do that. And I challenge you to dig down deep inside and hold on to that peace until the time comes for you to be released into your calling. I pray that. And I want you to really, really hone into that because anything outside of that, to be honest with you, it is mental and emotional torture. And you don't deserve that. There's not a lot of room on the uh, purpose train for you to bring torture on. It just, listen, it can't come with you. It serves no purpose. So I, I want any time that you start to think about when and it's not happening yet and, you know, look at such and such getting it and, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay off social media because I'm getting so irritated. I pray that once that tries to come up that you remember this very conversation and you say, yo, David was king and he was ordering, he was delivering lunch. Wow. You talk about beneath me. Wow. And I don't know how long it took, but it took years from the anointing to actually walking it out. I pray that you remember this conversation. I pray that it gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray that that little torment, that voice, that comparison, that whatever it is that comes in your mind, I bind it in the name of Jesus because you will be peaceful during this transitional phase. It is not a request. I am actually ordering peace into your soul in this conversation right now. And I'm thankful and I know that you got exactly what you need. You have exactly what you need. So go ahead and hone that. Repeat it after we even get off the phone. Say, I have exactly what, what I need. I am peaceful during this transitional phase. I have exactly, and you just keep believing. And I want you to see David. He didn't get in no car. He actually had to manually go walk and give, I don't know how far they were, but anything more than six feet is too far for me because that's not my calling, sir. And I want you to remember that, man, God didn't forget him. I don't care what everybody else saw. He saw something else. What kind of eyesight did, did, did David have to be able to see Goliath as an opportunity? What kind of eyesight, what kind of mindset did he have to have not to fight his father? Because what it could have looked like is to, arguing with his father back at the house. Like, I'm not going nothing, you know, and not even know maybe it's beneath me to go ahead and, and you know, deliver food. But who's going to look after my sheep it could have been a, a series of reasons justified reasons why he stayed home but he didn't he had to have seen that as an opportunity he just had to 
And what I know about opportunities is that one faithful yes connects to another faithful yes, connects to another faithful yes, and the next thing you know, you're king. Can you get that in your spirit, please? And I'm confident that you have exactly what you need. I think this conversation served its purpose, and I want you to really hone in on this. And if you need me again, you already know where to find me. You know where to find me. Well, then I'll call you then. But as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead, David, and go on your Uber Eats. <laughs> no, go be faithful. That's what I'm going to start calling you. I'm going to start calling you Uber Eats. All right, listen, life-provoking conversations. You already know what it is. I'm going to hit you back later, okay? No, I'm going to call you back. I got to go. Actually, I need to go finish this load of laundry, but I'm going to hit you back, okay? All right, later.